If you would turn in your Bibles to John chapter 17. John 17, we're going to read uh, the whole chapter because it's all uh, one uh, long prayer for us uh, this morning. It's the heart of Jesus, uh, Jesus' prayer for to his Father. He is on his way to being arrested and crucified. This is the sort of last teaching that we have in the Gospel of John If you would please um, join with me in prayer before we read uh, Jesus' prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we have a window into the heart of Jesus, that he would reveal himself uh, to us, that you would reveal yourself to us through your son, Jesus. Help us, Lord, to see Christ clearly today, that we might follow him ever more faithfully, and truthfully, to listen to the heart of Jesus and have our hearts transformed into his likeness. We love you and we praise you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. John 17. After this, Jesus said this, uh, after Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and he prayed. Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that your Son may glorify you. For you granted Him authority over all people, that He might give eternal life to all those you have given Him. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. In verse 6, I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours and you gave them to me and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine, and glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you, Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name. The name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by the name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction, so that Scripture would be fulfilled. I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I am still in the world, so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them. For they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself that they too may truly be sanctified. 
My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am. We'll repeat that one. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. Amen. May it be so. Jesus offers us this prayer, and I gotta say, it's really nice to actually have people in here. If you could interact with me a little bit more than the camera does, that would be good. Just a smile, a nod every once in a while to show me that you're paying attention. That would be really great. I've had 10 weeks of just camera and Wendy, and uh, it's been, you know, completely miserable. So it's wonderful. Not the Wendy part. She's making a face just like she always does, gang. And uh, just a little bit sense of uh, a normalcy, I suppose. Uh, but what I love about John 17 is we get a picture of Jesus's heart. You know, if you think about uh, the people in your life that you wish you could know a little bit more about, just know like a little bit more about what are the concerns of their heart. It might be of your spouse to connect with them in a deeper way to say, you know, what is it that makes them tick and makes them, uh, you know, what is, that, what is the something that's within their heart to know something more about them? Or maybe it's about your kids. You want to know more about who they are and what matters to them. Or maybe it's your grandkids or just a coworker that you have a hard time understanding sometimes. There are people in our lives that we want to know a little more closely and intimately so that we can understand how they tick and what they care about. Well, this morning in John 17, we get a picture of the heart of Jesus. We get a sort of first-hand account of what matters most to our Savior, what has mattered to Him in His life and His ministry. The heart of Jesus in the opening uh, verses this morning The heart of Jesus is to glorify God, His Father. He says, there's a moment coming where I'm going to be lifted up. There's this moment coming where Jesus is going to be crucified. He knows that this is going to be the moment of His glory. That He's going to be lifted. And Jesus says to His Father, in my my uh, being glorified, I want to make certain that you are glorified within all of it. 
And the challenge I, I think that's there is, is how does God get glorified through his son being crucified? We have the benefit of uh, knowing what happens and knowing the rest of the story. And we can see how God has worked through the cross to glorify himself and to draw people back to him. But in the moment, we don't know the rest of the story, and Jesus is offering this. He's saying, in my being lifted up, I want to make certain that my Father in heaven is also lifted up. In my tearing down, I want to make sure that no matter how I, how I might be hurt and how I might be humiliated, Jesus' heart is to say, no matter what comes, I hope that you will be glorified in all that I do. When I think about the picture in the heart of Jesus to glorify his Father in everything, the question I have of my own self is, do I have a heart that wants to glorify my Father in heaven in everything that I do, in everything that I say, and how I care for my family and how I care for the church and how I live my life and how I drive down the highway? Do I glorify my Father? And I tell you what, probably not likely. But to have our very heartbeat to match that of Christ in saying, whatever we do and whatever we say and whatever, however we conduct ourselves, to have a heart that's seeking to glorify the Father in heaven. And so if you were to do a quick heart assessment on your own heart, I'm confident that we all have room for improvement. But we have an example to follow and a heart to follow, and a heart that's being given us that we can have a heart like Christ, that He is in us and He is transforming us. And every step of the way, we might have a little bit more of that in us. And the challenge is, is the last few months in our lives, have we been trying to glorify God or have we been trying to make our world fit the way we want it to? Have we taken the circumstances that have been thrown at us as an opportunity to glorify God or an opportunity to take care of ourselves? And the very challenge of a life of following Christ is, is that no matter what happens to us, our heart needs to be beating for the Lord our God. How will I glorify God in all that I do? Jesus, he reveals his heart is to glorify the Father in all of these circumstances. And then we see even closer his relationship with his disciples. Jesus has a heart to care for his followers, those who have drawn near to them. And he offers up a few important words. He offers up a prayer of protection, a prayer of sanctifying, and a prayer of unity. We could say protection, sanctification, and unification. Um, whatever, however we want to slice it. Jesus is concerned that his disciples will be discouraged at his departure. We've already covered this the last couple of weeks. The disciples are, you know, wondering how are they going to navigate this? How are they going to get through this? And, the, and Jesus says, I'm sending the Spirit. You're not going to be alone. And the closing encouragement of, of John 16 is this reminder that Jesus has overcome the world, that he's gotten through all of this. I have overcome the world. You can trust in me. And so it is in that trust that Jesus offers this prayer and encouragement. 
And this encouragement is for their protection. He says, I'm leaving this world, but I'm not taking them out of it. I am sending them to the world just as you have sent me into the world. I am sending them. And I think it's an important reminder to the disciples of that day, but it's an important reminder to us who consider ourselves disciples of Christ that Jesus is still sending his disciples into the world. He hasn't taken us out of it. He has sent us to it. And he is praying for our protection. And one of the things that I might ask of this text is, is does God answer this prayer? Is God still answering this prayer that Jesus offered however many, a couple thousand years ago? Is, Jesus, is God still listening to this prayer and earnestly protecting his disciples who are going into the world? And I know it's a rhetorical question. It should be an affirmative in our minds and our hearts that God wants to answer yes to this prayer. And he is answering yes. He is protecting those who go into the world in the name of Christ. And though, though the world may hate us, God certainly does not. And he loves and he cares deeply for us. And so Jesus, he asked for their protection, that they would go into the world, that we would be his witnesses, that we would, he would continue to send his disciples. And he would tell them later after the resurrection, that we are to go in the world and to make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything Christ commanded. And he tells us he'll be with us to the very end. We can know that Christ's protection goes with us when we go into the world. Jesus' heart for his disciples is to protect and care for them, but also to sanctify them, which is the $20 word to say he wants you to stop sinning and start living for him. He wants you to turn from your old life and to live a new life. He wants to transform you. He doesn't want uh, you to feel like you have to continue in a life of sin, but have a new heart and a new life and a new way about you. He wants you to be holy in a world of brokenness and sinfulness. He wants you to be a light, a gospel witness. He wants you, Lily and Connor, it's so good to have you. He wants you to be a witness in Triton schools this year. He wants to use you to glorify him in all that he does. And he wants uh, you all, as you go into your workplaces, he wants you to go into the world as a sanctified people who are set apart for his purposes. And if we go back to point one, where Jesus' heart is for his disciples, uh, is for his Father to glorify God in all that he does, if we take that same attitude and heart with us, as we are sanctified to go into the world, we will glorify our Father in heaven. If our heart is beating that we would glorify God in all that we do, then the steps we take and the things we say, the things we do for others, they will be to glorify God as well. It's getting that mindset fixed again. I think we've gotten ourselves like clobbered upside the head and we're trying to reorient ourselves. And if we would listen to the prayer of Jesus to reorient our heart, re, uh, re, or whatever, to get our heart going on the right track again, would be to say, is the, is the beat of my heart to glorify my Father in heaven? Is the beat of my heart to follow the life of Christ? To live a life that glorifies Him and praises Him? Is that, is that my heartbeat? Is to live a sanctified life that brings glory to God? This is how we align ourselves. And Jesus, he prays 
for their protection. He prays for them to be sanctified. And he prays that they would be unified. Let us be one as... Let them be one as we are one, and let's all be one together. And it's like, uh, we need the U2 song playing right now, but we don't have the copyright, and we don't have U2, so we won't do that. But we're called to be one. We're called to be unified in Christ. And it sure really, if there's one part of this prayer that we could just snap our fingers and have again, it would be to be one. But now we've made so many artificial barriers that we're going to need to have the Spirit do an extra, extra work to bring unity and grace. I was joking with, uh, I think, Lindsay this morning, uh, but really the whole worship team, as we have implemented more rules, the Bible teaches us that the more rules we have, the more likelihood there's hypocrisy. And where there's more hypocrisy, there's more judgment. And where there's more judgment, I think there's more disunity. The power of the cross, the power of the Spirit, the power of God our Father, the power of Jesus Christ is to tear down all of the judgments, all of the hypocrisy, and point us to our hearts. And the Bible has taught us that whatever we do on the outside doesn't really seem to matter. What matters is what God's doing on the inside of each and every one of our hearts to say, We are one in a world filled with brokenness and hurt, a world filled with divisiveness and suffering. Jesus' heart is that we would be one together. I don't care how many rules you throw at me. I know they don't do anything to my heart. But there's one who does. And he tells me and he teaches me that we are to be unified. That we would be one. And Jesus says, I pray this not just for my disciples, but every person who would believe because of the disciples sharing this good news with them. He prays for you and me that we would be one. That we would be together. That Christ and His love would unify us. The heart of Jesus is to bring all disciples to be with Him. He says, Father, I want those You have given Me to be with Me where I am. I want them to be with Me. Jesus wants to be with You. The picture of God's heart is to be with you and to be with all of us together. It is the story of Scripture. It is the story of all that God is doing to reconcile and make the world new and bring a new life to us, all of us. I want those you have given me, my desire is another way to say it, is to have all that you have given me all those you have given me, be with me where I am. So friends, as I consider what God is doing and what He desires to do and the desire of God's heart, the question before me is, is 
do I desire to be with Him? Do I desire to be together with you? Do I desire, is my heart's desire to glorify God in all that I do? And it becomes an evaluation of my heart. I need a Kleenex. I'll have to get some hand sanitizer later, I guess. It is the desire of God's heart to unify us and bring us together. I had a, an awesome privilege to get together with some friends in ministry, guys that I, I care deeply for. And we sat around in a circle and we were sharing with one another what it is that's in front of us of what we need to do next. And uh, just asking a question of what's the one, one word that you would say is the challenge that's in front of you. And I might kind of toss that out to you for a second. I don't really want to hear your answer. Um, no, I do actually. Um, but what's the one challenge in front of you? What's the next step to sort of, not necessarily getting back to normal, but really getting back to God? And seeking Him, what's the next thing? And so that question was posed to our group, and all the guys answered, and it came down to me, and I, I was um, not listening to them very well because I was trying to think of my own answer. I didn't really have one at the time. And then God uh, impressed it on my heart that the challenge in front of me right now is forgiveness. And traditionally, when we think about forgiveness, I think, uh, in my mind at least, we think about um, that there's a sin that needs forgiven. That there is um, something that has happened to cause division and sin and something that needs to be forgiven to bring back reconciliation. And in the case before us, I'm not really certain that it's sin that has divided us as much as uh, well, it's probably sin in a way, but um, the heart of forgiveness is reconciliation. The reason why you forgive is so that people can be brought back together and unified. And so I expressed to the guys, and now I express to you, that what God has impressed on my heart is, is that there needs to be the goal of forgiveness. That the challenge in front of me and all of us is that we would be reconciled. Reconciled together, reconciled with God. That we would make steps towards unity and being drawn together in Christ. And so the challenge, in my mind, is what, what does forgiveness look like to help bring me together with people in my life? What does forgiveness look like for me to have relationships restored and friendships together again, to have the people in my life who I want in my life again, and the connections and the genuineness that we have learned to cherish and we need to have again. And so I'm going to do all I can to be a person of forgiveness and peace to walk together with people, to have relationship with them again. And so as I look at this text and I think about the heart of Jesus 
I think ultimately the challenge before all of us is that, that we would be conformed and transformed into the image of Christ. That we would have a heart that glorifies God our Father in all that we do. That we would have a heart that cares for the disciples of Christ. That we would care for one another. That we would trust in the protection of God. That we would know He's answering this prayer. That He's teaching us and uh, commending us to be holy as He is holy. That we would seek unity together. We would know that God is answering Jesus' prayer. And He's answering it today. Every day when His disciples turn their hearts to Christ. We want to have communion together. And I feel like that's the very best way that we can start modeling what forgiveness is and reconciliation. It's transformed quite a bit over, uh, over the last 2,000 years. It started in the context of a meal and time together, and there would be a, a moment within the meal that people would recognize Christ's sacrifice. And now we've gotten it down to a, a little prepackaged thing. And we could focus on that, I suppose. Or we could focus on what was done. We could focus on Christ being broken and His blood being shed. We could focus on the One who went to the cross for all of our sins and became a sacrifice for us. We can focus on His blood that washes our sins and unifies us together that Every person who calls on the name of the Lord is saved. That we can have life in Jesus. That we can be one in Him. Let's remember what He's done. Let's remember the sacrifice of Christ. Let's remember the forgiveness that's given us. That we may be one that we may be in Him, and the Father may be in us. That's Jesus' prayer. And I hope it is your heart today to be one with Christ and walk with Him. Let's pray, and then we can take our communion together. Heavenly Father, we love You so much. And um, within all of this, we pray for your grace and your love. That what divides us wouldn't be greater than what unites us. That Jesus overcame the world. He overcame sin and death. All the evil that you may be in us and we may be in you and we may be together. So put this prayer on our hearts each day to know we can be one. We love you. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.
I needed three nods from people because it wouldn't be church if I didn't mess something up. So let's thank you for the nods. So we're just going to close in prayer, but I just wanted to thank everyone for being here. Those of you that uh, are, are, are with us uh, streaming, thank you very much as well. And uh, we look forward to seeing all of you again. And uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Uh, Father God, uh, thank you so much for uh, all that you do. Uh, thank you that we have this time to be together. Uh, we thank you for Jordan's message. Uh, we thank you for, uh, for the praise team. We thank you for uh, just, this, just this great opportunity to, to, to be together. Uh, God, as we leave here today and, and as we go about our week, Father, um, I just pray that we can just, uh, just remember you, Father, and that we can just be um, just focused on, on you and, and all that we do, the interactions that we have, um, whether it be work, whether it be school, whether it be uh, just spending time with other people, Father. Uh, I just pray that your light will shine, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.